today we're going to talk about mindset. We're going to dive into all sorts of inspirational, motivational talk around fatherhood, around entrepreneurship, around what it means to dive into your heart, figure out who you are, what you're about, and uh, how we can overcome a bunch of stuff. I'm excited to do it. I have a uh, Carrie Grant with me who I've known for uh, I had to comes. ask my yeah. <laughs> I had to ask my wife this morning. I was like, I don't remember how we even met. We've known each other for over a decade now. And yeah. and uh, she reminded me that I was building out a restaurant and and we did some crazy awesome concrete work and Carrie was the guy that came in and and did all the did all the artistry and did all the crazy stuff and it was awesome and uh from there we just became fast friends because i think we have a lot of similar ideas on how men should show up and how we should behave and the things that we can and, and can't do and i think we have uh shared faith ideas and and just all that stuff man so i have uh not seen you in ages but we've had the pleasure through social media to be able to chat and talk and I thought maybe we just kick off today. Give us like the give us a Cliff Notes version of like your story, man. Because I know you've you've got a faith story, you got an entrepreneurial story. Um, I know you're you're teaching and leading men through a different organization than ours, but um, you know anything we can do to move fathers and husbands forward to show up is good. So tell us who you are, what you're about. Sure, uh, you know I think you said it best because it is there's a lot of chapters. <laughs> in my life and um oddly enough i've had the unique ability to jump to a new chapter before a few different ones are even done um through manifestation being an alchemist um letting it settle um circling back um i do my best to stay out of the rearview mirror and to stay out of uh, memory lane that lane is closed it is under construction it used to uh, be a four by four uh, a track, and it is now a Bugatti that is owned. Um, although I know it's, wow, the word imperative came up. Um, so I had an unbelievably tumultuous uh, childhood. I was raised, I like to equate it to a cell phone. So a cell phone comes with a core iOS system. And then, you know, every four or five months, we have an opportunity to update the phone to make it operate better. Yet, when was the last time as men, as humans, that we stopped to check out our operating system mm. to improve it? That's good. Yeah, without, I like it. without thought, oh man, that $1,500 uh, you know, computer in my pocket, man, let's get better selfies. So, so through the process of continuing to update my core iOS system, life has drastically changed from the core. What I like to say about the core is I was programmed to be a low class, white trash, piece of shit, trailer trash, illiterate, and you're never going to amount to anything just like the rest of us. And so I went about subconsciously needing to prove that right. So sabotaging opportunities to learn, sabotaging jobs that could have um, got me to financial freedom 
you know, in my twenties and my thirties, you know what I mean? So it's just subconsciously not connecting to what I like to refer to as many refer to as the study of universal truth. Right. So growing up, I had three different sets of parents. So I have, have had, right. Still teetering on. Yeah. Um, I get that for sure. Why it is that I have abandonment issues yet. I've had literally three different first names and four different last names. Now as an asset, as an adult man, I can perform. I can adjust. I can be a certain way to be palatable and to be potent with whoever I'm standing in front of, whether that's an 85 year old black Southern woman or a 20 year old skateboarder. So as an adult, I have an appreciation for my ability to adapt and be a chameleon. Yet I know that there's a shadow and a scar involved in that beingness beingness um i've i've figured out how to shake hands with it and utilize it as a tool so that i can be <clears throat> multi faceted at any one yeah. given time i've I also find it pertinent to i have the ability to walk with kings and i can absolutely sit with poppers yeah i'm i'm, I'm groovy either way i can handle it i think that's I think that's part of the reason why you and I connect so much because there's so many things that you've shared that are part of my story as well, right? Like my dad was married three times. My birth mom was killed when I was a baby. I waffled back and forth between the woman who was my mother, calling her my mom, calling her my stepmom, because I'm like, well, she wasn't really my mom. She was my stepmom, but she was kind of there from four to 18. And so that means something, right? But what does it mean? And, and, and how does all that play into, into, and, you know, I, I mean, by the time I met you, I was sober, but certainly did everything I could to implode my, my marriage and, and Absolutely. all of those things. Right. And, Absolutely. and was told, like, I just modeled what I saw. I don't even know if I was ever told it verbally, but certainly modeled when I got married, I just expected to get divorced. It wasn't even like, cause everybody else around me got divorced. Right. Right. So, and I love what you said. The thing that, the thing that I want to kind of tap into, um, if we can is, you know, you said, you know, that memory, memory, memory lane. Wow. If I could talk memory, that's a hard word to say. Memory lane <laughs> is closed. Right. Yeah. I had a conversation with someone today that, uh, they reached out trying to unpack some things they were reflecting on. Had I done this wrong? Have I done this the right way? Have I done it the wrong way? Is my focus in the wrong area? And I said, you know, the fact that you're asking the questions is all that matters. Cause who knows, who knows if it's right, wrong, if it's good, bad, the fact that you're reflecting on where you are and where you want to be for me is enough because you're looking forward, right? You're thinking about how do I continue to go where I want to go? And so I'm curious, how do you, how did you get to a place where you were able to go, you know what, I just need to keep looking forward. I just need to keep moving in that direction uh, without 
dwelling on the past because I know I've got abandonment issues. I had for the longest time I had forgiveness issues and not anybody else. I could forgive anybody. I couldn't forgive myself. Sure. And that was what was holding me back. So I'm curious, what was that process like for you? Or is there a watershed moment that helped you move forward? If you don't mind, I want to pause that one for just a second and unpack what was said to your friend. Yeah, yeah. So in my world, what I think about is I'm grateful to be a man that isn't numb, that Mm -hmm. I am seeing there is a question to ask. 100%. Most men will go to the bar at 4.30 on Friday. How you doing, Bob? I'm good, Jim. How are you? I'm good. How's the Broncos? Yep. And then they go about the weekend doing what they have to do to go back to Monday to slave away. But to be a part of men's consciousness where there is work to do, there's always work to do until I'm six feet under. It's the notice and being grateful for the notice as long Mm -hmm. as it's coupled with action. Man, I'm just trying to figure this out. And I was like, well, that's good. And you won't ever figure it out because whenever you figure this piece out, there's another piece to figure out, right? It's that constant asking the question of how do I improve this? How do I refine? Okay. So I got to this stage. Great. Okay. How do you sharpen that edge to get to the next edge? And I think the hard part for a lot of men is finding that balance of, of being able to do that because we don't, we don't offer ourselves a lot of grace and we don't get a lot of grace from others, right? Like it's so hard for us to admit our mistakes because then we end up in a place where we are that screw up that we were told we were going to be. We are, right? And it can be absolutely debilitating. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you don't have a support network, if you don't have a, a partner, whether it's a spouse or a brotherhood or whatever, if you don't have a support network, that's going to allow you to sit in that pain and walk through that with you without, I guess, without either judging you or without, you know, whatever that may be. Like I woke up the other night with this, in this crazy bad dream. And I mean, I snapped up awake and was trembling. And my wife was just like, are you good? What's up? Come here. I got you. Didn't push, didn't question, didn't, didn't think about me being less of a husband or less of a man. And the next day, it was actually like two days later where I said, Hey, can we talk about this now that I've had time to process? Can I share with you what I was experiencing? And she was like, yeah, let's have it. Let's, let's get into it. And I think so many men are afraid to even walk down that road because they don't have that space. Like you said. I can, I, I, I can absolutely agree. And I believe that me personally, some of my strongest growth, I've been alone. However, I brought diligence and vigor and veracity for a certain amount of time for the habit to change. And sometimes without accountability, sometimes without having someone to be in the foxhole with me. So as much as I believe that it's a nitrous shot, I believe with the right tools and techniques applied, a man could do it on his own. It just would be a lot harder. Sure. Right? Having an alliance, having a soundboard, having a, I just heard this one the other day, having an echo chamber. Mm. Yeah. Having 
having mirrors, having men that are willing to be intimate into me, you see intimate into me, you see, yeah. to be vulnerable without being chastised for the starting line. I'm at the starting line. I just figured out there was a race. <laughs> I got it. You're in the middle of it. Got it. You're actually at the other end. Okay. Okay. Cool. My journey's starting. Yeah. That ability to be okay with what's called point A. And a mm -hmm. lot of men, quite frankly, a lot of human beings don't want to do that. So if I dropped you into the middle of the desert and I told you in a helicopter and I gave you water, a map, and a compass, and I told you that you just had enough water to get back to civilization, what is the most important thing you would need to know? Oh, goodness. I'm not sure. I mean, the first thing I think is where is civilization? You give me a map, so I'm, I'm good and, to go. And, and, and civilization is marked. Yeah. Then, I mean, honestly, the probably what's the expected time you think I'll get there if you've given me enough water. Um, but other than that, the first thing that came to my mind was don't panic both valid. So what I'm fixing to say is important to any human beings journey towards transformation. It's where I'm at. Mm. The most important thing for me to know before I go is where am I to take accountability in the different parts. Like we talked about the peace of mind square before you hit, uh, um, record, uh, where am I spiritually? Where am yeah. I finding? Where am I with my health? And be honest. Like nobody's going to look at the answers. Be okay yeah. with what point A is. Most human beings, I would say, especially men, have an innate ability to make up whatever is in their bank account makes them. Yeah. That there's some kind of transgression towards our spirituality, towards our health, that we can make up by having money. And mm. what a travesty, what a, an impairment that is to where am I? Yeah. And I'll be okay with it. And the journey can be, you can get back to civilization with enough water. It's yeah. where you're at. I think that's really fair. Cause a lot of, I've heard a lot of conversations around, you know, when we talk about like fatherhood or being a good spouse, mm. it's one of the justifications for maybe a lack of presence or a lack of emotional awareness yes. or emotional intelligence is, yes. but I'm a great provider. And it's like, well, you know, and that's, that's the, the equivalent to like, what's in the bank, right? Like I work hard, the bills are paid. I put food on the table and I've made conscious choices to not generate more income mm. in lieu of, mm. I have time freedom. I work from home. I've turned down work to stay home. And there are times when I'm like, man, it would be easier if I just had a 50, 60 hour a week job and I had a nice 401k and I had all these other things. But I have at this stage in my life, I have a four-year-old, a six-year-old and an eight-year-old who I spend almost the majority of my time with. And when those girls are 10, 12, 14, 15, and they don't want to have anything to do with dad anymore because they're out with their friends, then I'll go back to work. Then I'll go make more money. Then I'll go figure out the next chapter. But in this season, but I, you know, that's the thing that is for me, 
And it's the biggest regret you hear, right? Guys that hit their 50s, 60s, 70s, they're retiring, they're sick, they're at the end of their life, and they say, I wish I would have been there for more things. So I guess kind of the way I would ask that to you is, how would you convince that 20, 30-something who is, because I, mean, I don't know how, but I think we're, we're roughly the same age. Uh, I'll be 51 at the end of March. Okay, so I'll be 49 in July. So we're right, like we're right there, right? We're, we're in that season together. And one of the things that I'm determined to do is to help young adults, that 18 to 35, figure out that this lie they've been sold about making money and, and the material and all the things and figuring it all out is way more, is way less important than it is to be present, to know where they are, right? And, and to allow themselves that journey without selling themselves short and how they can be present for their spouses, for their kids, for their families, because you can't get that time back. Well, all right. So let's, <clears throat> what comes to mind is this. So if you take the peace of mind square, there's four sides right? Mm -hmm. The spiritual, da, 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 right? So imagine it, imagine it like this, John, right? This young kid you're talking to. Your, uh, what's your dream car? What's okay. your dream car? Me? Uh, International Scout. Okay. What is that? I have no idea. It's, <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, a, a version of an old Ford Bronco. Okay. It's like an old okay. four wheel drive off-road. Perfect. So I want you to imagine that car and that car has four tires. Now I want you to imagine one of those tires is a low profile hundred spoke Dayton from a low rider car. Right. And then, mm -hmm. and then one of them, one, one of them is a monster truck tire. And, 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 and one of them is a Prius tire. And then the last one is, uh, let's just say the last one's flat. Now, your dream car, sugar beans. Did I go away there? My computer. No, no, you're good. Wow. My computer just, I had to sign back in. So, so, so let's, so how well is your dream car? gonna ride with those four different tires yeah it's obviously not going to it's going to be off not balance either. if it even Perfect. moves yeah and then at your age young man i would ask you to remember this story you've gotten your dream car it's actually your soul it's actually your subconscious and that dream car your your bronco right functions at the the, at its best, when all four tires are properly inflated and the ones that you want on the car. When we get out of alignment with our diet, we got a flat tire. When we go to make so much money, it becomes a monster truck. Well, the whole car doesn't ride nice. That car you said you always wanted that you now have, you're destroying it. And what I want you to remember is to seek 
balance so that your vehicle always rides nice. Are you tracking with that visualization? Is that something that you can yeah. use, young man? Yeah. That's the way I would do it. Because with the peace of mind square, it's actually a wholeness. I can hyper-focus on money for a while because I've got important deadlines that match money for an entire year's earnings, and it will require my un two months of my focus. Yeah. My health, my health may go to the wayside for a moment or two. The idea is to always check into what's going on with the tires so that they never get too far out of whack and actually cause the dream car damage. Yeah. Always check in to the tires. Mm. In and through that part, you'll seek and have possibly the best thing in life, which is balance. Interesting. Yeah. See, I, I'm fascinated by that analogy because I think balance is a myth. And and okay. I think, but, but you, you sort of solved that for me when you said like, I'm going to go this way for a few months or I may have to go this way for a year, but I'm going to circle back over here. And so for me, that that's the thing. Cause when people hear balance, I, my experience has been that they expect there to be fairness. There's X amount of hours at work, X amount of hours at home, X amount yes. of hours at the, and it's sure. like, that's not how it works. You're going to have to, the pendulum sort of swings around, right? And so I might be over here working on my financial piece for a while. And yeah, my health or my, my kids might suffer or there's a trade-off, right? You got to pick your problems, yes. right? Yes. So what I've found is a tool. And I wonder, you know, what you think about this is, is the intentional, the intentionality behind, hey, you know what, kids, mom and dad have a goal. Our business right now is going to take priority for this season, you're still our number one and we will always be here for you. And I got to go work on this a little bit more. So I might miss a soccer game. I might miss a thing, but I'm there with you. I'm going to go work here and setting that expectation for them. And then coming back and going, okay, now we're with you guys. We've solved this piece. We've, we've inflated this tire to the proper PSI. Now we're going to pour into you. And now, so for them, it becomes like this, equal parts, communication, action, understanding, and including everybody in that. Because I think when we talk about balance, people think of the scales of justice. Everything's equal. Everything's fair. And it's like, eh, big picture, yes. But this week, maybe it's not in balance. <laughs> maybe it's not. I, I you know what seek, I'm saying? I seek balance every day. And, Interesting. And I usually achieve it. Okay. And I am ferociously going after public speaking, corporate training. Um, however, I'm reading every day, which I call is my spiritual. I meditate. I spend time with my son and my wife. I go to the gym. I eat properly. So that's all four sides daily. Daily. I seek it every day. I don't mm. have it every day. <laughs> right. I have, I have an awareness of what I want. Yeah. I don't need it. I want it. Need mm. implies need implies broken. I need to hang on. I need to be a better dad. Subconscious bends over. Oh my gosh, I'm not good enough. Uh-uh. 
I'm a great dad and I want to be a better one. Those are all hmm. subconscious words. See, we all have a genie inside. Everyone does, right? So the genie can only be obedient. So the little genie goes, okay, man, I feel sick. Okay, man, I'm a piece of shit. Okay, man, I woke up feeling sick this morning and every breath I take, I feel like I'm getting better. Okay. I'm never going to get a promotion. I'm always going to be a piece of shit. I'm always going to be short. I'm always going to be black. I'm always going to have little tits, big tits. I'm always going to be Mexican. Whatever the shit goes on around that programming, the subconscious can only be obedient. The I am statement. It's even, it's in the Bible. Be still mm -hmm. and know that I am. The I am statement is so important because everything that comes behind the I am becomes the truth. I am responsible. I am the source because right. I, am. I am sick. I am poor. I am fat. Yeah, no, you're hundred percent so right. What, so much of what we do is subconscious and so much of what we do, people think is conscious. It's not, it's subconscious. And then we wire it here and then our avatar uh, our marionette, our our avatar goes out and makes the things true. Okay, so how does one? Yeah. So so how would you walk someone through? Because I 100% agree with you, and in my own recovery and in my own journey, mm -hmm. uh, in many ways, what I've had to do, and I I, I noticed. I know this isn't a phrase that you love, but the, the, the fake it till you make it right. Like I don't subscribe to that necessarily. And there is a thing of saying, like, if you declare that you are so like, I was having a conversation with someone about decision-making and I said, well, it's really easy for me because I, I have core values and I have things that I subscribe to. So I don't drink. So when someone says, Hey, let's go out. What do you want to do? half the options are off the table for me because I don't drink. So we can go do those things, but alcohol won't be involved or I don't smoke. I don't do this. I don't do that. Right. Like I have boundaries for myself. So that helps. Or when I talk about I'm accountable. So when I'm working with someone and I've not met the goal or I've not met the need and they say, Hey, you didn't achieve this. I don't say anything, but okay, because there's no excuse. There's no justification. There's no, there might be factors that played into me not getting done what needed to be done, but that's irrelevant to the person pointing that out to me because I'm responsible for the task being, I'm responsible to my wife for showing up the way she needs me to yes. show up or she wants me to yes. show up. So if I don't, I don't get to say, well, I didn't show up that way, honey, because the kids needed this. No, I just, you're right. I didn't show up. It becomes responsible on me. So the mindset for me is that I'm accountable when you do the kind because part of your work is consulting and helping and leading these men's retreats and leading these, these sort of programs where you're guiding people through figuring out how to deal with their stuff and figuring out how to take accountability and navigating into like a higher version of themselves. I'm curious how you help them into that space of 
two two things really. One is getting into that space of accountability and holding on to taking ownership of their actions, and two, bringing down the walls so that they're not defensive, right? Like being open to those check-ins because a lot of times those check-ins, and I think why people don't do them is because they hurt. They're hard. You got to go well. I'm not hitting the mark. And rather than just seeing it as data, they see it as some sort of a judgment. So what's, can you give us some kind of actionable tools or some thoughts that you have on like, what, is there a mindset shift? Is it just as simple as like, look, man, this is the reality (laughs) we can dance around it or not, but like, what's that process like for you and helping someone else, um, overcome that inability to take ownership agreed so it's situational <laughs> sometimes yeah, i'm in, i sometimes i'm in a class that someone has paid six hundred dollars or they've paid five thousand or they've taken the five thousand now they're in another five thousand meaning they've spent ten thousand dollars for me to be a certain way with them mm-hmm now let's just say that it's a friend let's say that i want to be intrusive in any one of those classes or it's just a phone call with a friend right so are you open to some feedback are you open to some judgments are you open to a different point of view are you open to like when you like when you said those things I had a few things go off for me. I kind of had some tools. I kind of had some of it was feedback. Some of it was need for clarification. And I was wondering, were you wanting, so what did you want? Did you want me to be a committed listener? Are you throwing up? Are you wanting Mm. to have a conversation that could shape reality different as a result of some, some maybe judgment? I'm not so sure. Um, Yet in the moment, I'm absolutely sure if I'm judging or not. Right. Yet it makes it palatable. So what happens when I ask for permission is the point. If I don't ask for permission, it is near guaranteed that the mortar is being mixed behind me and the bricks are ready to go. And that's at the subconscious level. Subconscious level wants to go to Taco Tuesday. It wants to go to church on Sunday. It wants to have everything normal on the Tuesday night that we watch this or we watch that from the couch. And it doesn't want to take on any kind of programming that would alter our lives, have it be challenging, but yet have a killer outcome. It doesn't matter. It doesn't want to do it. It wants to be nice and comfortable with the iOS system that's currently in place. That's what's true. It takes discipline and rigor and notice and appreciation when a tool, a technique, a notice of how someone is being, how I am being, um, for me to want to do something about it. It must be coupled with action. So ask for permission. I love it. If they say no, great. I'm really glad I asked. And when you're ready, if you, if you, if you want a point of view or, or some feedback, I promise to be gentle. I can make it make sense. And I'd love to have an opportunity to support you in what I think you're, think you're saying, which I totally know what they're saying. Right. It's being approachable. Well, I got some stuff I could tell you. Whoa, 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 whoa. Subconscious Jim just went, whoa, whoa, right. whoa, whoa. 
when people are being intimate without permission to be a certain way with them and all of it for all of it once that conversation switches it's all subconscious and i better be ready for war because their subconscious is ready for war to stay numb to stay nice and phony to have liberty but not freedom or have freedom but not liberty to have what they think they say they want yet these other areas are in decay so it's asking permission i like it now i like it what i also would like to be abundantly clear is what i study is universal truth right you ever heard that universal mm -hmm. truth oh yeah you heard it. yeah the way i like to describe it is this if i took the bible and the quran and then all the other Bibles and Korans for all the different dogmas and religions. Sure. A lot of them say the same thing. They say it a different way. So what that is and bring it below is called universal truth. The rules to being a great human being to live the life you say you want to live before you're taken home. Before the dash happens, which is the most important part of your uh, tombstone. Right. It's the dash in between the dates. So I study universal truth that keeps me away from people's uh, religion, whether they're Christian or Hindu, or they believe that green M&Ms is the, is the thing. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. I'm talking about what connects us all, which is universal truth. So, uh, uh, super conscious, right? The, so what I study is already inside of everyone I'm drawing it out of them, educo. I'm not putting anything in. I'm pulling everything out before the programming. Think about this. When you were, let's go with, let's go with, uh, let's go four years old. Okay. And there was, there was a cookie jar at the back of the counter in the kitchen, big counter. If you wanted the cookie jar, did you, excuse me, if you wanted the cookie, would you get it? Sure. Assuming that you had permission. Sure. Right? So you push the chair up and then you get this old thing called the yellow pages or two because you still weren't tall enough. And then you would crawl across the counter because you weren't big enough and you'd open it up and you'd get the cookie because you were capable. We're yeah. all capable. It's the programming that we get handed. By the time we're eight years old, we will believe in 81% of what will run us for the rest of our lives. Mm. We can't afford that. Daddy's gotta work. Not a lot of Mexicans get out of this hood. You're too short, you're too shy. The programming gets set and none yeah. of it is true so when i work with people i'm not putting anything into them i'm pulling it out i'm getting them back to their point a so i guess then if we're pulling what's in them out mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we have to do something with that programming right so yes. is that is that throwing it away is it and then and then obviously like you know, if I'm unpacking all of this 
this uh, programming, um, I'm certain to feel some sort of way about it. I'm certain to be mad or frustrated or disappointed in parents or teachers, right? I have a friend who refers to it as mother, father, teacher, preacher, um, which is typically where most of the programming comes from. So I've, I've sort of adopted that is, uh, you know, you're talking to somebody, you're like, okay, well, that came from this person that came from, you can kind of tell where it's coming from. Right. But um, I guess the next sort of piece of that evolution becomes for me, the question of what do I do with that programming and, or how do I navigate what that programming maybe makes me feel right? Because now I've got like, all this stuff to deal with and most people don't have the ability and I don't know if it would be healthy if they did to just put it all aside and leave it at the side of the road right leave it on memory memory lane which I still can't say in one shot so what do we do with all that lots of unpack there yeah so, a big tool is nothing in life has any inherited significance. We actually assign it. We make it good or bad. And okay. it's not good or bad. It's an event. So let's say it's trauma. Let's say, oh my gosh, I've screwed up my relationship. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I've, I've, I've freaking screwed it up, right? So, okay, cool. Got it, got it, got it. So how do you want it to be? So go to the end and track your way back. How would you need to be? What would you need to do to get the perfect end result that is created in your mind? And all that time, it's making a handshake with what was while dragging it to what will be. If you have to. So like, for me, I'm supposedly ADHD. And some mm -hmm. people look at that as a hindrance. And for me, yeah. I, I utilize it. I'm actually thankful. I make a handshake with it. What's done is done. We all got locked in the glove compartment at some point. Got it. Now what? Mm. And having enough, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really wanting a different word in my life, but discipline and rigor to stay focused, stay vigilant, stay gentle, stay aware. Is that true anymore? No. Am I heading the right direction? Yes. Yeah. Baby steps to greatness. Remember the movie, uh, What About Bob? Bill Murray? I remember it as a movie. I don't think I've seen it. One of my it's, favorite all-time comedies. And it's all about baby steps. Mm. It's that first rung of the ladder. Making yeah. too big of a jump can actually make the journey difficult. It's like people going to the gym at New Year's and they're just decide they're going to do an hour and a half cycle class. Right. right. And then they quit. I knew I was old and fat. No, go to the parking yeah. lot for a week and go home. Yeah. Go inside for a week for five minutes. Right. Make, Walk around the make block. A, a habit and yeah. acknowledge it. Have you, have you read um, Byron Katie's book, Loving What Is? No, never even heard it's, of it. I'm not, a big, I'm not a big book reader. Yeah, it's a fascinating book, and the only reason I'm bringing it up book right now. Um, the reason I bring it up is is there's uh yeah this the, the concept in loving what is centers around becoming a lover of reality, mm. and what she presents is a process that she calls the work, and there's a couple of questions that are involved 
but essentially it is what you just said. The thing that happened is just an event. What we get wrapped up in is how we feel about the event. And yes. it's, it's not a new concept. I mean, the Stoics would say, you know, there is no harm except the harm that you attach to it, right? It's like, my dad did X. Okay, well, your dad did that. What does that mean? Well, it means he didn't love me. Well, is that true? No, of course not. You know that your dad loved you. He maybe had ways of showing it that were inappropriate, or maybe he didn't know what to do or whatever, whatever. But do you have evidence that shows your dad loves you? Of course I do. Okay, well, so that thing that happened was just a thing, right? And I love the idea of of kind of having a handshake with it. Like there's a there's sort of for me, there's a visual of like we're done. We made a deal, right? <laughs> the contract is signed. We shook hands. Now we just move on. Okay, so here's one. Here's one, right? So, so okay. So you take men like us, where we've been on the journey for a few years. Now, now take somebody, take a man that's just starting the journey, right? So, you remember Little Red Wagons? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, yeah. Load all your bull. Load all your bullshit in that mm -hmm. red wagon and get going. Go. Mm -hmm. Put all your childhood trauma. Bring it with you if you have to. The point is get into action about what you say that you want. Now, what's yeah. great is men like us. Okay, let's go. And along the way, we've unpacked some things and the journey is becoming easier. It's becoming more palatable. It's becoming where the pendulum is far outweighed with, oh my gosh, when I have discipline and rigor and, and I understand that I treated my wife a certain way and I don't want to do that again. Oh my gosh, let me do something different. Oh my gosh, I did something different. Oh my gosh, she smiled yeah. at me the way I want that we have all this evidence to keep going. So yeah. a train, a locomotive that weighs, you know, 50,000 tons, it actually takes a little bit of coal for it to get going. Yeah. Right. And it's properly fueling it, not over fueling it. Now, now you put the smoke out. So it's being careful. It's, it's being thankful for the awareness. So yeah. what I like to tell people as a trick, a tool, a trick or tool is, and it's a tool that you can use. So it's, it'll be, it'll be what it's three questions. Okay. What is it? What is it is the first question. And then, okay. so let's say that is, uh, I want to go to college. Okay. Okay. So then the next two lists are what's at risk if I don't, What's at risk if I don't? And what's at risk if I do? I okay. want a divorce. I want to open a new company. Okay, what's at risk if I do? And what's at risk if I don't? So keeping a small journal and then nowadays in our iPhones, create a note. I'm yeah. literally just be, be honest, be intimate, be vulnerable. Nobody else is going to read the list. So be honest, right? I want a divorce. Nobody's reading that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Be honest. So by being honest and, and, and being alone and maybe not having anybody in your foxhole or an echo chamber, you'll find out whether, which side you blow the smoke out of the room and then you know what to do. And mm. any man or woman can take that tool every day if necessary, when it's not comfortable. I have split personality because I was abandoned. 
cool. Yeah. So I can stay in that or what's at risk if I don't, I, I don't meet new people. I stay sheltered. I stay protected, but I don't have a lust for life. Yeah. Make that, make that list somewhere around, you know, 10, 20, 30 answers. The hard truths could start coming out if not before that number. Yeah. I like that. That's good. That's good. It's a good tool. And I think. Hmm. Okay. Here, here we go. No man sets aside his old ways to seek new until he personally feels the need for it. This is why the great teachers urge men to see the awful condition that they are actually in. Rather than living by pretty words and non-existent ideals, talking about love and peace when neither love or peace is in their hearts is a cunning and destructive evasion of the facts. Usually the I've had enough. Yeah. Well, is, I mean, where, is where people become diligent versus yeah. I just want something different. Yeah. The challenge for me, I think, because that's, I mean, and that's true in a lot of people, right? It's Tony Robbins would phrase it like the pain of change. What is it? The mm-hmm. change comes when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change, right? Yes. Yes. And, and for me, where I've sort of landed and maybe it's because I've, I've, I've made enough mistakes and I've had enough, you know, what people would call failures for me to learn that if you can, and, and I keep kind of going back to something you said way earlier, which is like just those check-ins, right? Just looking at those check-ins. If you do that often enough and you build up an awareness enough, you don't have to wait till it's painful, right? You can, you, I've learned and uh, our pastor did a conversation the other day around um, conflict. And he said, people that enjoy conflict are psychos. And I kind of laughed because I don't enjoy conflict, but I run straight into it. If my wife and I have an issue, I am like, tell me what it is. Let's start working on a solution because this doesn't work. If I'm, if I'm in my business and it's not moving, I'm like, I want clarity. I want answers. I want to, I want to lean into that conflict. I don't wait for it to become this like festered boil that, that is so painful. I have to fix it. I'm like, Nope, I see a problem. I want to move forward. And I want to, I really want conversations like these to sort of inspire other people who are dealing with that stuff to understand that, like, if you can get your mindset into a place where you are not afraid of the conflict, you don't have to enjoy it. You don't have to welcome it. You certainly don't have to go searching for it or creating it like I did in, in my twenties. But if you can identify it and be more like the bison, right? Like if you remember like into the storm, the concept, like most animals will run from a storm knowing the storm is going to eventually catch up bison are one of the only animals that will actually go headfirst into the storm because they just intrinsically know that if they go into it they will get through it faster as opposed to trying to run from it and i'm fascinated by trying to get people to move into it with that level of like discipline and rigor that you talk about. Like, I know I'm going to be better on the other side. And isn't that really what I want is to be better. So let's, let's just rip the bandaid off and go get to work. Yeah. And, and a lot of it is, a lot of it is 
framework. So when, when I coach, when I facilitate, it's being very careful with armament words, words that can be weaponized. Let's peel the bandaid off. All right. Let's okay. rip the band off. Excuse me. Right. Sure. So, so do you know what success is? I think it's different for everybody. I just saw it on a meme the other day and I love it. I keep, I keep saying it to make sure I memorize it. Success is going from failure to failure without the loss of enthusiasm. Okay. I would agree with that. Ooh, good definition. So with um, bison, um, a lot of my stuff is around uh, eagles, right? So that's mm. my, my eagle ring that I wear. And so eagles will actually fly into the storm to go play. To go play. At some points in an eagle's life, he must smash his beak off to eat because it grows like a hoof on a, on a horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And they literally have to go through the pain, break that beak off to continue to live. Really? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eagles are eagle, little, little bison eagle trade there, all right? Yeah, yeah. I dig it. The idea of a lot of times with people is learning how to be grateful for the notice, be gentle, kind, and courteous in the growth, as long as it doesn't actually stop the growth. Because some people can be so nice and courteous and give people a soft place to land that there's no fire, there's no electric shock, there's no need. Only you're just going to head towards divorce. Yeah. So it's being gentle, kind, and courteous around what I'm aware of. I don't want to speak to my wife like that again. Okay, what are you going to do about it? I'm going to look up a tool. Nowadays, you can look up tools on the internet. Like it's right. Yeah. Book book referrals. Yeah, I think that's the glory of this day and age is that, you know, my upbringing with my own father and the own stuff, like in my 20s, I was angry with him and I was disappointed in him. And I started having my own kids and I started to realize how ill prepared I was for parenthood and all the different things. And and where I'm at today, if someone were to ask me, my dad and I have a great relationship. You know, we, we talk often. I was just in in town and saw him and uh, it was fun. It was one of the first times in a long time that I remember having fun with my dad. And it's because I've, I've gone through the process of like the things that happened were just events and it's impossible for me to know what his heart or his intention or his pain or his own thing was. And if I were to wish anything to be different, it would be that in the eighties and nineties, he had access to the level of information I have access to because the tools that he needed would have been more available to him. And they just weren't back then, right? Like we didn't have the books and the internet and the research and the ability to do as easily, like they existed and he yeah, probably could have. interaction. But the, the, the speed at which we have the ability to check in, evaluate and resolve things, there's absolutely no reason you can't be on that path. Right. Like that's, and I love, you said something earlier that really struck me. It wasn't choose better or right or wrong. It was just different. I want to be different with my wife and I've been better. I just want to be yeah, different. Difference between need and want. Yeah. I just want I to, need be different. to be different with my wife. I want to be different. I'm not broken. Yeah. I don't need to. 
want to. And there's a stiffening of the vertebrae that comes along with I want. An acknowledgement yeah. of where I'm at. Hmm, great. That's interesting. I don't know. I need, I need, oh, I need, I want. It's a stiffening, a galvanizing of the spine. Right? Hmm. Yeah, there, I don't know. That's interesting. That's that's the first time I've ever really need and want. It's massive. Massive tool. Hmm. I don't feel a stiffening with I want. I want all sorts of things. And and what I need is very minimal. You know what's crazy? That's like the fight or flight to me. Like when I think of that, I think of like right. the things I need. I will fight for the things I want. I could let go of and be fine. Mm. My wife is not one of them. <laughs> right. So that's a thing I would fight for. So I feel like that's a relationship that I need to show up as my highest self in. It's less of, that's an interesting thing. I gotta, I gotta sit with okay, that for so a while. This. I like get that. this. I've been teaching need and want ever since I got it. So call it 15 years. I am adamant when someone uses the word need, boom, they're getting that, they're getting that universal truth right there yeah, and yeah. there, not in my presence, not in my presence, right? Now get this. So I don't read a lot of books. However, I'm reading a book right now. I'm in, I'm in a beta group right now with eight other men and it's a, every Thursday night Zoom call and it's around masculine and feminine energy mm -hmm. and it could be minus genitalia right yeah for most of us in the class it's husband wife yeah so i'm reading a book called Nonviolent communication okay okay i've heard of it it is literally <laughs> ah, it is literally telling me to tell her my needs <laughs> <laughs> I <sighs> now here's what's crazy. I'm utilizing it. I, I'm surrendering. I'm being malleable. Yeah, right. It's good. And uh, it's fucking working. <laughs> <laughs> it is driving me nuts, man. Yeah, I love it's it. It's driving me nuts. I love it. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, yeah. No, I mean, it's great because it's, it goes it's back the, to the, the checking layers, in, you know? but it's going back to the checking in, right? It's you being able to go, okay, here's somebody, because I'm assuming whoever recommended this to you or put you in this group, you trust, you respect. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 and so you dive into that, right? Because there has to be that trust buildup, right? And they probably in some way, whether it was whether it was directly or indirectly, asked your permission to lean into you, right? You, you, you've surrendered to them enough times that when they say, hey, read this book or join this thing, you're like, okay, I'm in. And this is what I think all of us, man, woman, child, needs to embrace Preachers, is, teachers. Right? Preachers, teachers. Needs to Come embrace on. is we know something to be true until we don't. Right? Mm -hmm. and, 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 and one of the worst things we could ever do is say that I'm not teachable. Right. Like, I think that's the beginning of the end for anybody. So like mad respect to you to have been teaching this concept for 15 years and then to be shown a different way 
right? And in some ways, maybe it's semantics, but I think words have meaning. So some people might say, oh, well, you know, it's just uh, this, that, or the other, but yeah, lazy I think, people. I think words have weight and they have meaning. They do. And so like, I fully understand where you're at in that because I I don't have a a, a point of view on it at this point in time. Um, but I have been in other places with other things where my point of view has been challenged and I've chosen to surrender. I've chosen to be open and I've learned from that experience and went, man, I had it wrong yeah, <laughs> or, or I, I didn't quite have it right. Maybe it wasn't wrong, but I didn't quite have it right. Sure. You know, it's the, on it's the onion layer. Yeah. And, and I, 10 I, years I, from I, now, you'll I, get a I new layer. Myself, I'm so I'm sorry. I, I, I find myself to be one of the best self-cleaning ovens I've ever met. I also find myself to be one of the clearest communicators that I have ever met. You know what I'm going through right now, brother? <laughs> I am figuring out that I learned tools to be more powerful, to be more palatable to be more potent to be more of contribution to make my time count when i'm being of service to another human being i've learned the tools but i didn't heal the wound mm. so i'm not actually being it i'm just utilizing some tool to and i'm not saying it's wrong but it's kind of like that that bringing along the red wagon i've got a yeah. big feeling i'm fixing to do some unpacking mm. of some very tightly put away stuff with my mom so you think that those tools have been Crunchy. masking masking symptoms I do. I do and not really getting down to the root cause or giving you the space to really i do interesting so that's no, good. No, so really... say, say it a different way when i started i so i did three years study on being approachable because i have a lot of stand back until you know who i think i am and, and you're not going to hurt me. That's what the tattoos are. That's what the big bravado's about. Stand back because I'm not going to get hurt. I'm not going to get abandoned. Mm -hmm. That ain't happening. So I did three years of being approachable. When I figured out that my next evolution was this, I had this really benchmark moment where I'm like, why, why, <laughs> why is it I can be so groovy with Keith and I can say great things to be of service to be of contribution and in my mind i'm pretty toxic mm. why why don't i have peace what's with the show now i'm okay with the show you got to hear me i've been of contribution to this planet for 15 20 years i'm not going to go back and go into regret however about five years ago i really started to notice why is it good enough for the people I'm working with? But I, I, I want that. I don't want to be blowing 50 cal rounds in my head. Yeah. They may not be coming out of my mouth, but they're doing damage for me. I'm so outward focused. Interesting. And now I'm in this spot because of this class, because I'm learning how I communicate to my wife, how I've actually made her my mom. Interesting. I've trained her subconsciously 
to treat me the way my mom treated me so that I can keep that pain going. I've, I have acted in ways that are not masculine. And I, and what's great is I didn't know. It's not like I knew and I kept doing dumb shit. I'm learning stuff I didn't know, which is mm. so cool for me because I think I'm all of this and all that. And quite frankly, I am. Yeah. And to have a spot where I'm a novice, I'm, I'm a preschooler, I'm seeing the value. It's, I've been married nine years and I've got some work to do. Yeah. And if I had nine years to do that, then I've got nine minutes, nine hours, nine days, nine weeks, nine months, nine years to set back some trauma that I think I've caused. I've taken away subconsciously my wife's opportunity to be feminine because hmm. she didn't trust me to be masculine. So she put pants on and I'm in this unbelievable spot where I'm, I'm, I'm peeling back another onion layer. I'm, I'm, I'm realizing what I just said, where it's like, I, is it a mask? Am I really still effed up from all the stuff that my yeah. mom did? Did I pack it away so on so tightly that I'm petrified to unpack it? Yeah. Or am I going to do what I've asked people to do for 20 years and take myself on? Yeah. And have the vulnerability to step into. So I, I they, you know, was thinking about counseling and then I, 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 I heard of this thing because of the class and now I've talked about it with other people. I think it's called EMDR. <laughs> yep. Where, yeah. So yeah, when yeah. I get home, when I get home from MLS, I'm, I'm stepping into that. I like the way it sounds. And for, you know, our viewers that don't know anything about it, my very naive understanding of what it is, is I go into like a therapist and I get some light electrodes connected to my head, mostly frontal lobe. And then I go into some type of story about something my mom did to me or I experienced about my mom or my childhood. And then through a series of questions, the therapist, the technician can lightly zap. And then it literally rewires my thoughts around it and it's over. I've, I mean, I did a seminar where I went in knowing knowing at my core that all my problems were mom problems, mother problems, mom issues, all these things with my mom, mm -hmm. birth mother and stepmother. And then through this process and this exercise that we did, I absolutely lost myself um, as we went through that process with my dad. Mm -hmm. And I came to this realization that I had no idea that I was so angry with him and so disappointed. And like, I was in a ball sobbing on the floor. Like I would have never said I had father issues. And, and I was in my forties when that happened. <laughs> and wow. it's like, how do I get, how do we go through this much of our life? Cause like you, I mean, I've learned a lot of tools and I've done a lot of work and I've done deep work and, and it's, there's always these layers. And this is the thing is the vulnerability of being able to say, and, 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 and I won't say that you're broken because I don't think I have a right to say it to, to anyone. I do think that we all have 
baggage that we have to clear out somehow. And for some of us, that's through prayer and meditation. And, and for some of us, it's journaling it all out and burning it, or it's all these different tools, right? EMDR is a great tool. Um, and if it helps you process through those things, then, you know, that's the thing, right? Is like the, the understanding that regardless of how old we are, like, I was talking to my son and he said, you know, dad, I'm just trying to figure out, he's like, I've never been in this position before. And he's 23 and he's working through young adult stuff. And I said, honey, I'm, I'm 49 and I've never been through this before. And I won't be through tomorrow till I hit tomorrow. And I won't be through next year till I hit next year. The idea is that we can't ever rest on our laurels or think that we got it right. We got to continue to do the work because every relationship that we're in can be better. Right. And that's, that's the thing that I just, I have so much respect for you. And it's part of the reason why I'm, I'm so grateful to have met you and to have you in, in, on this, on this podcast and to be able to unpack these things is like, you have contributed for decades and how many men have gone through the, the pro programs that you facilitate? I mean, thousands. And, and oh, oh, for sure. It's, it's average a hundred guys a class three times a year. And that can't be undone. And yet you're still, you're still going, oh, wait a minute. There's this other piece. There's this other piece. Right. And there's That's this relationship that I value that I want to get better. I think where so many people get it wrong is I want my marriage to be better. So I'm going to tell my wife all the ways that she's got to get better. No, Oops. I'm going to do nothing but work on me and honor her. And in my experience, when I made that mental shift and just decided to be responsible for me, I got better. She got inspired to work on her and vice versa. And now it's this contest of like, who's going to be, it's this contest of submission. Beautiful. Who's going to be the better spouse. Beautiful. Who, and that's what I want. Right. It's I, I hear you. Okay. So, even before I had, because I had a six-year-old son, right? Even before I had my son, people were like, uh, what's the most important thing to you to teach him, to instill in him, to demand command of his beingness? And it's simple for me, and it's still the same, is to have him be responsible mm -hmm. for his words, his I love action, that. and his outcome. Because he's the source and he's responsible. My son at six years old was sitting at the dining room table like a week ago. And he was running his mouth about something. And then he goes, oh, 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 oh. And I was like, what was that? And he goes, I was fixing to give you an excuse. Mm -hmm. My want is to play chess with my son so that he plays chess as an adult checkers is a lot of fun it's a lot of fun and i want him to be a child and yet right now my wife doesn't completely understand the way i'm training him i'm not really going to get the results right now and i'm not really looking for it mm -hmm. if i'm a certain way because by the time he's eight years old it's 81 percent of his core training so he just stepped into his training from six to eight yeah there's a study called love and logic Love okay. and logic is the biggest one on the planet to teach your children how to be responsible through love and logic. 
Interesting. So he just stepped into six to eight. <clears throat> Her job is to have fun with him. Excuse me. Let, let me let me back that up. She has lots of jobs. One of her jobs is to have fun with him and love and doting. And my job is to teach him, meld him, mold him into a, f- a functioning man in our society that can contribute, treat a woman and or a man with respect, um, yep. be loving and kind and courteous and make a difference on the planet. Yeah. And so there's times where she's not so much anymore because the fruits of the labor are starting to show up more. Um, and it took a couple of years of constantly putting into him what I expect. And now it's coming back. I love chess. Chess is fun. And here's the thing, just like what you were saying to kind of roll that back the way you were saying it. I'm not done learning until I'm dead. Once I surrender to that, my life becomes so much more manageable because I can just stop the beat up the preconception note the precon the the note the thing that i think i know that i know that i know that i know well do i and always being open to and always being malleable to something new and or different to have a better life until i die period so it, it becomes when i start to have enough evidence of this is the way my life could be and i'll remind you i was a drug addict sleeping in somebody else's car loaded gun (laughs) you know what i mean so i've got a lot of evidence to keep going (laughs) it's the little engine that could it's the want and desire to actually do something different and get into application get into action get some people into your echo chamber um find someone that you can talk to intimately you know contact one of us you know yeah put somebody in the same state take that time to to people have when my cup is full right when i focus on me when i'm the source when i am my number one priority the cup fills and i fill other people's cups from the overflow when i am responsible for filling my cup and learning and growing and becoming something different what i learn grow and do something different overflows into my wife into my finances because i'm learning about finances Mm-hmm. I've learned a lot about finances in the last few years. Um, um, the different, you know, so it's that overflow. Can yeah. Always, always contributing. What are we contributing? We're always contributing. What are we contributing? Yeah, that's great. I, think, Go ahead. I just think that's a really great place to to bring this to a close, right? Like, what are we contributing? It's, I mean, there's a theme running through this whole thing of, you know, doing the work over a lifetime, not, not just, it's not one and done. It's not, it's not, and it's not easy. You know, I'm sure when you woke up this morning and knew we were doing this interview, you didn't know that we would go into these places, right. And these conversations and you don't shy away from it. You just, you know that you got to continue to do the work, and I think that's the the, the big theme. And you just got to keep peeling staying, back the layers, staying in the work. Yeah, People go take these Tony Robinson things for two days, or they do what I call a shelf help book because mm-hmm. it helps the shelf stay up. Yeah, it's through action and kind and courteous growth. Hey, I did that. I don't want to do it again. Okay, then write a note. 
put them on your mirror, talk to somebody, put a note in your phone that goes off every 30 minutes. I love my wife. I love myself. I will da 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 right and, and, and just figure out tools and techniques that bring it into because they say it takes 90 days to change a habit. Yeah. Some people say 30, right? That's not true. It, it's it, if concentrating about something for 30 days and believing it, believing it, it's not just saying it, more than 51%. Did you know that? Mm-mm. 49% is failure. 51%, I'm going to have more money in my life. Now, you'd want to mm. score it around 80, 90 to actually get to it. But if you don't believe it more than 51% of what you're thinking and what your actions are, it's impossible to have. So you can't just say it. Everybody's like, well, I've been saying I want to be wealthy for five years. Okay, well, based on your actions, because you're driving a stupid, ridiculously car, a stupid, ridiculous phone, a computer, clothing, and you don't have a whole life life insurance. You don't have a rental property. You're too busy looking good now for when it comes time when your bones are tired, you're going to have wished you didn't look so good then. Yeah. And that you put something away that could mature. Yeah. So the actions didn't match the music. The lyrics didn't didn't match the music. Yeah. Right? So I did think of something that I think would be cool to end on and it's a okay. tool that anybody can use. Yeah, let's do it. So you're doing so so you're setting out on you're setting out on a journey because you notice something about what you're doing. Excuse me, what I'm doing. So I have an so it's an acronym, it's something that I was taught. <clears throat> so most men don't know what their anchors or their pillars are. If something okay. goes down, where do I stand? And emphatically know what those are. Okay? Okay. So m- mine is an acronym, richer. R I C H R. When I come from my anchors or my pillars, I have a richer life. And that would be respect, integrity, commitment, honesty, and responsibility. Mm. Richer. Richer. So I want to have a richer experience here right now. Okay, so coming to a close. Okay, so what I'm fixing to say is important because it's a visualization that you'll never forget. Let's see, what would be a good one? Um, My son comes home and tells me that he is going to move to a nudist colony. Let's say that he's, let's say that he's 18, 19 years old, right? Not six. <laughs> um, I'm going to move to a nudist colony and there's uh, an insurmountable amount of uh, alcohol and uh, natural drugs and um, uh, orgies. Right. Okay. That's what my kid says to me. Okay. So internally I may lose my shit because that is a lot of information to take in real quick. Yeah. So it's a boat it's a boat out in the deep ocean, a boat in the deep ocean. The waves are doing this, the storm, the rain, the wind, the blistering things are rolling around on deck. That's about what's happening with my son. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it, it is. I'll tell you it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm with you. What's the job of an anchor? 
gets dropped over. It's a hundred foot underneath the water. I'll remind you it's deep ocean. What happens a hundred feet under the water? It starts to get quiet. Okay. It starts to get calmer. Yet the boat is still going crazy up here. All of the winds and all of the natural drugs and all the alcohol. And I'm going to leave and you're ne- we don't have cell phones. We're never going to call you again. My, my wife is freaking and all this is going out. The anchor goes down another hundred feet. What happens? Okay. It gets quieter. It starts to get even calmer. It starts to get even quieter. Yet the boat is still doing the thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Boom, 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 boom. It hits the ground. It's now yeah. anchored. At that moment, I can check into my anchors, my pillars. Am I, do I have respect for what my son just said to me? Mm-hmm. I do. Am I committed? Am I integrous? Am I being responsible? So that way I know if I'm not currently being one of those anchors, I know what to go back up the chain with. It's a okay. very fast point A. What am I currently not doing of my anchors? Am I am I being responsible? I've raised him to be responsible, and he's eighteen. He's not my responsibility. Yeah, interesting. Do I do I respect him? I do. I'm in a lot of judgment, and I'm in a lot of fear, and it's his life. Am I right? So it's going through those five words and checking, having a fight with the wife. Mm. Am I being committed to her? Am I being responsible? Am I being integrous? No, I'm hiding out my feelings because I I don't want to fight. Okay, well, (laughs) it's one of the most valuable tools. One of the most valuable tools. Yeah, I could see where it would be challenging to implement that um, when emotions are high, when fear is involved, when all of these unknowns and there's a lack of clarity. So I I would imagine that would take some training and some things. And and that that is the work, right? So, so. um, Well, and that's the thing. If my son literally said that to me, I would say, okay, well, that's a lot for me to process. I'm, I'm so thankful that you told me that's so mm-hmm. cool that you've told me your, your, your wants for what you're going to do next. And I think you've had some time to think that through and how you're going to tell me. Mm-hmm. And right now I'm processing an awful lot. Yeah. And I'm wondering if we could kind of pick this up, say 48 hours from now. Yeah. And I want to let you know, but I'm very thankful that you told me that actually is a lot of feedback to me as a father. And in the moment I got some stuff going yeah, on. Absolutely. And I, wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind 48 hours to kind of, yeah. I don't know, unpack that for myself. And I'll yeah, well, you me. need time. I mean, there's time and space, right? Like time is such a great tool. And to, to go back to your analogy, you know, when you drop that anchor and it's going down to 300 feet, 400 feet, that takes time. Yes, sir to connect to those anchors and for you to be able to go, okay, now that we're anchored, let's check in. So I think that's, that's, that's the missing piece is the, it's the gratitude for the conversation. I saw a, a, a meme or maybe it was, I don't remember what it was, but it said, you know, I, my daughter sent it to me. She said, I want to raise my sons in a way that when something goes down, 
they say, let's call dad. He'll know what to do instead of let's call dad. Let's not call dad because we'll just get in trouble. Right. Ooh. And it's like, that's what I want. I want my kids to be like, we're good. Cause I'm going to give them that. I'm going to, that piece that you said, right. Thank you for sharing that with me. Yes, sir. I'm grateful. We have the trust. Yes, sir. You've had time now. I'm going to, I'm going to take a minute I'm gonna take, or a day or two. Right. So oh, good. Sure. So good, man. It's been an absolute honor so to rich. talk to you and to unpack. That is so rich. I, yeah. I have a note in my phone where I write down what I call gold. And when we yeah. hang up, I'm, write, I'm writing that one down. I yeah, want to I'll find it and send it to you. I'll find it Beautiful. and send it. To you. I love it. It was a great reminder, and and you know I was talking to my older, my second oldest son last night, and we were talking about some of the uh, his lacrosse team, and okay. he said something that really struck me. He's 15, and I said it seems like there's a lot of single moms, maybe. Um, and he said, yeah, he said, there's a lot of fatherless energy. And I went, Oh, what does that mean? Like, and I didn't, but I just said to him, I said, wow. I said, that's, that's interesting. I said, well, you know, I might be hard on you, but at least I'm here. And he, he said, he gave me one of the best compliments ever. And I don't think he realizes it. Um, but he told me, he said, dad, you're not hard on me. You have high expectations and that's good. And it, like, it's just, that's it. Like he's 15. And to be able to, to recognize the difference between absolutely expectations and, and all, I like guess one of the best compliments I've ever gotten is, is a parent. And absolutely. that's why we do this work. That's why we continue to move forward. It's why we continue to peel back the layers because there's no greater responsibility than sending these humans off into the world to hopefully carry the torch and increase the ripple. Right. It's what we do. So I appreciate you, man. It's been an honor to talk to you again, especially about real stuff and at length. So I wish you nothing but the best. And uh, we'll have to do this again. I hope so. That'll be fun.